Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host, and today we kick off another Finance Friday, and I have a question today sent to me by a listener, and I'm going to answer that in just a second. If you have a finance question or see a statement like the one I'm about to read out there on the internet and you are curious about my thoughts on it, feel free to DM me at on Instagram, your financial BFF Steph, or Legacy Through Motherhood, wherever you follow me at, or email me at simsarrows at gmail.com. My goal for these Finance Fridays is really just to create a casual space where I coach or motivate or teach some idea or concept of money. And these are not scripted episodes. They're not even very polished. (laughs) I don't edit them. I have a basic outline so I don't give you guys whiplash from like my brain could go a million different ways when I'm talking about money. And I also don't want to talk in circles. But my goal is that these episodes really feel like a conversation we would be having while we just kind of sat on the couch and had a cup of coffee or whatever. So if you like these episodes, it would mean a lot if you could scroll down and rate the podcast. And then if you could give a review, those are always the love language of podcast hosts. So, okay, let's go ahead and jump right in. So I got this message with a graphic and it had the following statement on it. And this listener was asking, is this a thing? Because it kind of seems like a great idea. Can we talk about this? (laughs) And here was the statement. It said, if you have a credit card and a kid, add your kid as an authorized user and pay the bill on time. And then by the time that kid hits 18 years old, boom, they have an 800 credit score for the kid to succeed in this world. School is not teaching this. It is up to us, the parents. Okay, so adding your kid as an authorized user on your credit card so that by the time they hit 18, they have your credit score, essentially, and they're not starting from scratch. Okay, so I definitely had some thoughts on this, but I actually know this person personally, so I was just like, okay, do you want my like general thoughts on this or you want like money coach thoughts on this because I got, I I could like hit you with a fire hose here or I could just give you like a, oh yeah, that's a good idea or whatever. And so she said money coach idea. So then anyways, we talked about this whole thing. So I thought it'd be great to take it to the podcast. Um, First off, I want to say that I love, love, love that there is more information coming out about how to build generational wealth and how to give your kids a leg up. I am all about it. We talk about generational change here a lot. And a lot of that is starting to become your financial legacy. However, and this is really important, studies show that 70% of generational wealth or family fortunes created in America are gone within two generations, 70%. (laughs) And within three generations, 90% of all family fortunes are completely gone in America. Why? Why does this happen? (laughs) And this is very important because this is the whole my whole thought behind this, this concept of giving your kids, basically handing them a credit score that's very high when they are 18 years old. Because when kids or literally anyone are given things without having to work for them or without having to earn them or build the character or the integrity or the delayed gratification or the grit it takes to uh, get this thing, be it money, uh, health, you know, credit score, whatever, it doesn't really matter. They do not understand, we do not understand what it takes to keep that thing. And we just really do not appreciate the thing as much as the person that actually works for it. And that is human nature. That's really not like, you know, it is, it just kind of is what it is. That is how we are created. And it's the same 
reason that a lot of parents who have kids that are planning to attend college want to give their children some responsibility in paying for it. And I believe there are even studies that, you know, kids who actively pay in their own college or pay their own college tuition or at least part of it are more vested in their grades because they understand they're letting go of these thousands of dollars, right? And so they are more vested where kids who get a full ride um, maybe aren't as much. Now, there, I'm sure there's an argument there. That's not a perfect analogy, but do you know you know what I'm saying? This is also why lottery winners will go bankrupt within like three to five years or whatever that stat is because they have no business handling millions of dollars when they weren't even able to handle $50. Let's just say. So a lot of us want to win the lottery, but the truth is, is that money does not solve financial problems. Money does not solve financial problems because financial problems are behavioral. Money does not solve financial problems. Changing our behavior and our mindset and our thoughts and our our surroundings and all of these things, that is what changes financial problems. More money is only going to put a Band-Aid on things until you run out of that money (laughs) and end up right where you started or worse. Okay, so this is also important. And I'm going to bring this back around to our original point with the authorized user and your credit cards and all of that. But people who are playing the lottery, they most likely are not headed for bankruptcy right then. But after they've gotten the millions and millions of dollars, then typically they do file bankruptcy. When you only make a little bit of money, you only have the capacity to make a little bit of mistakes, right? When you have big money, you can start to make big mistakes, especially when you don't understand the implications of like insurance and taxes and all these different things. If you're trying to buy like a huge mansion and nice cars and all these different things and ultimately money runs out. And when you don't even like to so many people, you know, 40 million people, $40 million seems like that will literally last me for 70 million years. Well, it really doesn't. First of all, it's taxed like crazy, but that's not the point. It will eventually run out if you're not investing and you're not doing all of these money principles that you really need to be doing, that money will run out in a hurry. And if we haven't worked on those principles with the little we had before, we're going to really jack it up on a big scale when we have a lot of that money. So the point is, is that sometimes it can put us in a worse situation than when we started, when we end up being handed something we did not earn. Okay. So Let's chat about handing our 18-year-old an 800 credit score. What does it take, number one, to get an 800 credit score? There's a lot. And I will just also say the average credit score in America, you guys, is 698. So (laughs) the more likely than not, we're not handing an 18-year-old an 800 credit score. We're handing them probably around a 700 credit score for the American average. And so what does it take to build your credit? I actually have a whole freaking episode on this. I'll link to it in the show notes. But it is about the number of open accounts that you have, paying your bills on time, the credit usage that you have, how many derogatory marks you have, how many times you pull your credit, uh, and the age of your credit. How long have you had something open? Okay, so there's all there's these six different things that really go into creating your credit score. And so you as the parent are working on paying things off on time, not opening too much, um, you know, having a long line of credit to show that you're handling debt 
in a good way or credit in a good way. So, so you have this basically long-term experience of not being an idiot with your money, right? And so um, when you hand an 18-year-old an 800 credit score, 700 credit score, whatever, what, what are you doing to them? What are you doing for them, I guess, is the better question if you're considering doing this. So what you're doing for them is you are opening up this whole world of opportunities that someone with a seven or an 800 credit score has. For example, if they then at 18 years old want to go open a credit card on their own and they have an 800 credit score, do you think that their limit is going to be like $500 like most brand new starting out babies have? (laughs) Babies as in like 17, 18 year old kids because they don't have any freaking experience with credit? No, they're going to have a credit card that is like, hey, you have amazing credit. Here's $30,000 credit limit. I don't know what the actual number would be. My point is it will be high. It won't be this. Oh, this is your first credit card ever. Here's a $500 limit or a $1,000 limit. It's, hey, the world is yours because you have amazing, you have, you have proven that you can handle credit. Spoiler alert, they haven't. (laughs) Their parents did. Now, I'm not against this, but I just want to like bring this up to the front because I think sometimes, especially if you don't come from money, um, which I don't, okay? My mom, I talk about it a lot. She got it together when I was a teenager, financially speaking, and she pulled me to a table in my early 20s. Like, listen, I didn't teach this to you when I was younger because I was figuring it out, but we got to learn this now. And so her and I have had multiple conversations on money and I've just kind of run with it to the point where we are now but I did not come from any kind of generational wealth building at all, okay? So my point being is that when I hear these kind of things, initially it's like, oh, that's a great idea to give our kids something positive when it comes to finances because we don't want them to struggle. But you also have to take a step back and wrap your mind around what you are giving them because it is 100% possible that when we pass down wealth, when we pass down a credit score, when we pass down something to them, that they do not have to earn. It 100% can be a curse and not a blessing if you do not teach them how to handle that thing. Okay? So I loved that I got sent this question because it sounds like such a great idea. But are we wrapping our minds around what we are handing our 18-year-old? Now, if you are teaching your 18-year-old from the time they are young how to have uh, or how to be good with money, how to save, spend, give, keep, and invest money, if you are teaching them delayed gratification and how to prioritize what they want and, you know, whatever, all of these things, then this could be a great, great idea. But unless you've kind of put them through a uh, mock test, right, and you've built these characteristics within them, this integrity, this um, you know, money conversation within them, this could end up being a curse because all of a sudden they turn 18, they have never had to deal with money or they have a very, very limited view on it and what it takes. And now you've opened up this world that basically has banks and creditors looking at them as if they are wonderful with money and just saying, here you go. Here's a huge number. And if your kid does not know how to handle that, that's going to be an issue. And you may get them in more trouble than they would have been had they started out with a $500 limit. 
just like with the with the lottery winners. They may have never went bankrupt if they hadn't won the lottery. So not all generational wealth passing can be is a good thing if you're not teaching it or backing it up with education. Okay. So I'm going to wrap this episode up because it, there's really no more unless I just keep talking in circles. The point is generational wealth is absolutely a thing and it's something that can be a huge, huge blessing. But do not just think that giving your kid money, giving your kid a credit score, giving your kid X, Y, or Z without any education um, or practice or you know, mentorship or whatever is a blessing because humans need to feel what it takes to earn these things. And so a credit score may be a great thing for them to earn on their own. Maybe a great thing for them to earn on their own. Now, if you are like a freaking boss in beast mode and you have kids who are just like, you know, on it with money and they're in real estate and they're all, you know what I mean? Like I've seen those people on Instagram. Hopefully my kids will be like that. Mine are just so young. My oldest is nine. So like, we're not really in that like crazy. We talk about money. Um, my little one, my nine-year-old pays our mortgage on our rental properties, but like, and we have conversations, but not to the extent where I know his money personality and I trust him with money or whatever. Right. So that's something that we're going to build through in the future. But the point is, is that sometimes it's good for kids to have to earn something when it comes to money. So I guess the point of this episode really is to take a step back and think generational wealth building. And this is, if you hear nothing else, hear this generational wealth building has less to do about what you pass down, be it $10 or a million dollars or $50 million and more about you teaching them to be the kind of people that are financially responsible. And I talked about some of those characteristics before. You have the integrity. You have the, um, you know, I can priority-based budget. I can name a priority in my life. I am, um, you know, I know how to give, save, spend, invest, and keep money. I understand, you know, all these different things. And I actually have a whole class. It's called Money Mindset for Moms 101, where I really talk about all of this stuff. I'll link that in the show notes also. It's like an hour-long video class. So anyways, do I think that this is a bad idea? I do not. But I do think that this is something that I wouldn't be afraid for my kids to learn on their own and to build on their own. Because really, you can get a decent um, credit score pretty quickly um, if you are smart with money, okay? Or at least not a horrible one. Something that's going to give you what you need, uh, you know, when you're 18. Now, I know that my husband and I are planning to pass down wealth to our five children, I know this and it's sometimes so funny to say because like I said, did not come from money. <laughs> we are just now figuring this out. We are six years into this uh, journey. You know, six years ago, we were completely in debt. We had a negative net worth. We were a hot mess financially. And so the fact that we are where we are six years later, gosh, we've put in so much work. But I know that my kids are going to be getting a lot of passed down wealth by the way that my husband and I are really starting to build our financial future. Now, there are so many things that I know that my kids are going to get that they're not going to earn. However, it is now my responsibility to not just be like, whoa, look at us. <laughs> we don't suck with money now, you know, like, oh, um, which actually takes a lot of freaking uh, 
uh, inner work because I feel like I'm a poor girl or I'm like, I don't want to say rich girl, but rich girl in a poor girl's mind still um, because it's just, that's not how I grew up. And so it's like, I know that I have a lot of work to do as these kids' mom to teach them how to not freaking lose all of this. And I also know that I'm going to be handing them things that they did not earn. And so I now need to put these like mock uh, practices in place where they can begin to learn on their own before they ever see a dime from their father and I. And I also, if you're still with me here, I also am not afraid to release our wealth as it's needed. If my kids are a hot freaking mess, hopefully not, but if they are like, you know what? I hate everything about money and I'm just going to be crazy with it and I ain't going to learn crap. Listen, I am not handing you or any of my kids who are acting like that tons of money. Because what is the statistic? Within two generations, 70% is lost. And within three, 90% is lost of generational wealth. So if my, my, if my kids are acting like crazy, then I will maybe release our wealth in a different way, in a slower, hey, you get 20 grand a year <laughs> until you get it together. Or you know what I mean? Like whatever it is, I don't even know what I'll put in my will. But my point is, is that my job and my husband's job is to do what we're doing and to build. But then it's also my job to create children, create children, already did that, um, is to teach my children the qualities and the characteristics to be able to continue to use that wealth and money for good and not just like, you know, spend it all in a single generation. So the teaching is on me. All of these like financial concepts that I'm seeing and whatever, these are all great and can be great, but they can also be bad. And so here's the thing, when something can be great and it can be bad, what it means honestly is that it's amoral, that it isn't good or, and it's not bad. It's really just what you do with it. And so it's our responsibility to teach our kids. And honestly, this person was also like, you know what, you need to create a course where it teaches like middle school kids and high school kids how to do this very thing. Because there are so many of us parents who are like, well, that's great, but I don't really know how to even do all that. I don't really know how to teach my kid to be good with money or how to do these like mock, you know, experiment, not experiments, but whatever, like situations so that they can be good with money so that when they do get something they didn't necessarily earn, they kind of know how to deal with it. Um, and so this person actually was like, you should totally create a course where middle schoolers take it or high schoolers take it to really start to learn how to deal with personal finances and have parents learn how to put up mock situations, and that kind of thing. So thinking about it. Um, but honestly, it's kind of weird for me because in my head, I have all of these like ideas, but my kids are still young. So like, I haven't really like tried them out. It's something I'm hundred percent going to do with my kids. So if that would be helpful to you guys, let me know. Um, and then we can just kind of like work it together. I don't know. Okay. I am going to wrap this episode up. And I guess the one like, uh, glaringly, obviously obvious thing that I didn't say in this episode is that if you have a really bad credit score, don't add your kid because <laughs> as much as it's, you know, I feel certain ways about handing them an $800 or 800 credit score. I kind of have the same feelings about, we don't want to hand them a 500 credit score either. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, if this sounds like a great idea to you and you have a decent credit score, just know to pair it with education. All right. Okay, guys, I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And I look forward to walking with you to help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace. Bye.